Hey Warriors and welcome to the latest episode of the Sick and Sickening podcast series 2 label sexability. Today I'm delighted to have Dawn Morgan from the Unique Mind podcast. She is an amazing MS advocate and warrior and she is going to join me today to speak about all things MS and sex. Sit down, tune in, unwind and get ready to spill some tea with me Roxy on the realities of MS and sex. Roxy here and today I have the amazing Dawn Morgan from the Unquiet Mind podcast who is an amazing MS warrior and today we're going to talk about MS and sex and love languages. Hey Dawn, how are you? Hey Roxanne, I am well, how are you? I am really good, thank you. More better than ever because you're here and I am so happy. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Happy to see you. You're one of my favorite, favorite people. Oh, likewise, likewise. <laughs> um, for those of you that don't know about Dawn, Dawn is an amazing podcaster, has a rich history in podcasting and has brought a lot of tub- tub- bleh, subjects to the surface for me to talk about. Um, previously, when I started speaking about MS and sex, it was actually with Dawn. And um for those who don't know you, Dawn, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and yes. your MS? Yes, I was diagnosed in 2000, May 23rd, 2000. So it's going on 22 years now. Um, I have relapsing remitting and um, it started off with just an uncomfortable sensation around the abdomen. I had the MS hug, had terrible MS fatigue. I was exhausted all the time. I had numbness and tingling in my hands and my fingers and my feet. I just, I just had a general malaise. I didn't know what was wrong with me. And um, I went to my primary care doctor and she did a workup and she said, I'm going to send you to a radiologist and go get an MRI. And so I did that. And the radiologist said, looks like this patient has MS, you need to go see a neurologist. And so then that's kind of where my, my journey began. The first neurologist I saw was very relaxed. He wasn't really uh, upfront and wanting to treat the MS, but then I got a second opinion. And that's when, you know, my, my journey, my, I guess my therapy journey began. And um, I was 25 at the time, 24, 25. And uh, yeah, so I've had it for, for quite some time. It's been an uphill battle. I, my, my neurologist, I saw her last week and she said, you know, it's like the roommate that you never wanted to have. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And so that's how I feel. And um, you know, it's, it's been such an interesting ride and journey. Some days I, I'm so grateful and thankful because I, I've met people like you and it makes this so much easier because this is an isolating illness and you feel alone. Sometimes you feel like nobody understands, but then, you know, you meet people and who are in a similar situation, even though all of our MS, you know, looks different, you still understand, you know, if I'm having, if I say I'm having an MS day, you understand and vice versa. So I'm, I'm really grateful very, very grateful for, for the community and for you, especially too, because I feel like I've known you forever, even though we've never met and we're across the pond, 
from one another. Um, and I, I'm just, I'm happy that you are now talking about this because I think you're kind of the perfect person to talk about sex and MS and how it all looks and, you know, having a disability and still being a sexual being, it's super important. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. As someone that's had MS for 22 years, do you think that your sexuality and how you express yourself sexually has changed during that time, depending on what stage you are in? Yes, for sure. Your your body is betraying you and you're already not really comfortable with what's happening. Yeah. You know, and if you're with a partner who maybe doesn't understand or you are just, you know, maybe you just want to have a good time. Maybe it's not a long-term partner. Um, it's difficult to explain whether you're in a long-term situation or a short-term. Being vulnerable is very hard because you, you don't even know what's happening to your body on, you know, without all of the other yeah. distractions or people coming in. You, you understand what I'm saying, you know? So true. So I've noticed over the years, I think as I've gotten older, I've gotten an attitude of, I just don't care because this is about me and me expressing how I feel. And I want to find a partner who will enjoy the exploration and enjoy the, the fact that I may not know what's happening today but you are in it with me and not necessarily enjoying me being vulnerable but just um, appreciating and having compassion you know um, yeah and so it's my attitude's changed my body has changed and now I am at a point where I'm more communicative before I would never ever speak uh, but now it's it's like, hey, this is what I like. This is what I need. And obviously, because that changes during our journey, you constantly have to have the conversation with the partner or partners, and sometimes even with yourself, to see where you are. I can do that sometimes week to week, day to day, depending on just my general cycle, especially as someone that's femme presenting, depending on what week I'm on, depends on really to be honest what's serving me at that point and it changes um mm. sometimes you're really in the mood sometimes you're not in the mood sometimes touch is what you want sometimes that's not what you want yes and I think it's important you had mentioned love languages before and I think mm. it's important for your partner or whomever you decide to have those intimate moments with to understand what your love language is and a, a huge part of that starts with you and what you communicate, because if you're not, if you're not saying what you like or what you don't like, or today I'm having an MS day, I'm numb here. So try something else. Or can we try a toy? Or yes. can we, you know, can we just cuddle? Do we necessarily have to have penetration? You don't have to do that. You can still have sex without penetration. And so it's important for you to express what your love language is and and really detail it because you won't, you, the whole point is having pleasure. Why should you deny yourself pleasure? Exactly. Yeah. And then when we deny ourselves pleasure, we put 
that out into the universe that, well, they're ashamed. So why should we pay attention? Or why should I, as a partner, pay attention? She's ashamed or he's ashamed or they're ashamed. So um, I don't care. And then you just get a, a situation that doesn't work. But isn't the whole point of us coming together and in close proximity, aren't we all supposed human? We're supposed to have human interaction. It's supposed to be pleasurable. Yes. You know? Yeah. And it can be the small things. It doesn't have to be, like you said, full on intercourse or anything. It can be simple as just like the words you say to another human being in a day. Are they words of love and affection or are they words that are not loving? Right. And, you know, be conscious in when you're talking to another person because arousal is everything. It can be smells, it can be the energy in the room, but you can create that. And if you want pleasurable sexual interaction, um, it sometimes starts with you. 